All right, so we're going to do a little comparative work. We're going to listen to a recent appearance by Dr. Michael Brown on the Naked Bible podcast to discuss the New Apostolic Reformation. And uh, I'm glad that they were willing to cover such a topic over there at the Naked Bible bod, uh, podcast. And I was very thrilled to listen to Holly Pivick and her appearance and the clarity that she brought regarding the the movement itself, what it teaches, believes, confesses, who its major leaders are, and things of that nature. Uh, but let's just say that I was less than enthused by uh, Michael Brown's appearance because one of the things we're seeing uh, from Michael Brown is a consistent, and I mean this, consistent pattern of obfuscation, which means that I think that his his role in the NAR, and yeah, I do believe he has a role in it, his role in the NAR is the apostle of strategic obfuscation. Mm-hmm. So here's Michael Brown. to he's, He was asked the question, what is the NAR to you kind of question? Weird question, but here's his answer to that. Let's go. Here we go. Uh, sure thing, and it's great great to have this time to talk. When I was a boy, uh, we traveled across country as a family, my sister and I, my mom and dad. And I remember we were in Texas, and my dad ordered a New York cut steak. And I remember he said, I've lived in New York all my life, and I've never seen a New York cut steak. In other words, in Texas, they thought there was such a thing. But as a lifetime New Yorker, he never heard of it. So uh, commonly when people attack me about the, the, the NAR or whatever, uh, and, uh, and charismatic Pentecostal circles, which I've been in for the better part of the last 46 years, no one's heard of it. No one knows what in the world you're talking about. <laughs> no one's heard of it. No one knows what the heck you're talking about. The NAR, the NA what? The Huh? Hmm, let me play a little bit more. So this idea that there is this thing that's, that's controlling all these churches, a DVD just came out and said they have oversight over 300 million people worldwide. That's a complete myth. That's basically like the Nephilim are the Illuminati, and, the, and they rule everything, and Michael Heiser is the honorary president of the whole thing. <laughs> uh, all right. So now I'm going to pause there. Yeah, I, I'm just going to pause there because – this is very strange. This is a bizarre tactic on the part of uh, Dr. Michael Brown. And, and the reason I say that is because it's not like he hasn't chimed in regarding the NAR in the past. In fact, he's he has. In fact, we're going to go back in time to June 4th, mm-hmm, 2010. Mm-hmm. June 4th, 2010. And uh, on that episode, that day, uh, on the Line of Fire radio program, um, Michael Brown received an email that he answered on air regarding the New Apostolic Reformation. And so you're going to note that his first move on the appearance on the Naked Bible podcast was to basically say that, you know, I've been in the charismatic movement for 46 years and, you know, just like my dad, when we were down in Texas, ordered a New York cut steak and said, I've been in New York a million times. I've lived in New York and I've never seen a New York cut steak. He says that I've been in the charismatic movement for 46 years and the, the, the new apostolic, what? Nobody know, has heard of it. Nobody understands. No one is. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what he does. But let's, again, we're going to just go back in time. We're We're going to do this without our time machine today. And just listen to Michael Brown 
from six and a half years ago. See if today's Michael Brown, it jives with yesterday's Michael Brown. I think you get the idea. But so this is from The Line of Fire, June 4th, 2010. Here we go. Questions. This is from Debbie. Uh, Hi, I've been hearing a lot about a movement called the New Apostolic Reformation, which is headed by Peter Wagner. I've heard quite a bit of controversy over it. All was wondering if you had some thoughts about it. Is it a false movement? Is it legitimate and biblical? Please let me know if you could shed some light on this. Thanks so much. Okay, I don't have a date on Debbie's email, but I think I got this one a few weeks back. Uh, Debbie, there's certainly a lot of controversy concerning what is called the New Apostolic Reformation. Uh, I have taught in the past at Peter Wagner's Leadership Institute, taught a class there on revival years ago. Have had some fellowship with Peter Wagner and discussed different doctrinal issues, bounced things off of one another. And without question, uh, what is called the New Apostolic Reformation is one of the most controversial things associated with Dr. Peter Wagner, who for years was a missionary and then a professor in church growth at Fuller Theological Seminary. You're going to notice in June of 2010, Michael Brown, I mean... He knew all about what the NAR was and even talked about his relationship and interactions with C. Peter Wagner and recognized that it was a controversial movement. Notice he didn't play the the NAR what? I've never heard of it card. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. So it just makes you wonder. I mean, you know, has is he suffering from amnesia? Has he, you know, had a blow to the head and experienced a concussion since then? But we continue. Continues to travel the world and preach and teach. Uh, let me tell you what I think is positive. Let me tell you where I have concerns. Now, you're going to note back then he he had positive things to say about the NAR, but he also had some concerns. Okay. Well, he's, notice he's not acting like it doesn't exist, you know, like a New York cut steak. <clears throat> what is positive is that uh, Peter Wagner and others have reminded us that in the New Testament, there is not just one leadership office called pastor. That the New Testament recognizes apostle, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, these different ministries, these different gifts, these different callings and anointings put within the body for the edification of the saints. And they make an excellent argument that uh, apostles and prophets were not just for New Testament times, but continued beyond, that there were the 12 apostles, the 12, period. Uh, the, the big A apostles, as we say. But then there were small A apostles. If, if you just do a search of the word apostle in the New Testament, you'll find a good number of other people called apostles, that were not of the 12. Uh, remember, the word apostle literally means an emissary, a sent one. And there were those that had the foundational role that no one else has had, the first 12. You may include Paul in that number, otherwise Matthias in the first 12, uh, to the point that the book of Revelation, uh, it tells us that the, the foundations, the 12 foundations of the new city of Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, will have the names of the 12 apostles. So their role... Their calling, their, their function in the body is never to be repeated. But there's what we call small-A apostles, people who were emissaries, who were planters, builders, uh, people who may have overseen numbers of works in different locations, pioneers in different ways, that there were others aside from the 12. 
you're going to know that in making these distinctions between what he thinks is positive um, about the NAR and the things that he believes are not positive, that are negative about the NAR, back in 2010, Michael Brown had put some thought into this, you know, to, to be able to start to just draw these distinctions. So he had positive things to say about C. Peter Wagner and this, and, and credits him with helping us think about small A apostles kind of thingy. So, you know, let's continue with this 2010 uh, Michael Brown analysis of the NAR. Uh, the New Testament makes reference to prophets and, and speaks of them as something ongoing until we come to the, the complete maturity in the faith and complete unity in the faith. So uh, today we have a notion, especially in the West, that there's kind of one official office, and that's pastor, and only pastor. And the pastor has to do everything and be everything. The pastor is the evangelist. The pastor is the teacher. The pastor has to bring the prophetic insights. And, and that's why a lot of pastors burn out, because there's so much expectation put on them, as opposed mm-hmm. okay. to saying, hey, there's a senior leader. And yet, Ephesians is clear that uh, the apostles and the prophets are the foundation mm-hmm, on which the church is built. Foundation, you don't lay a foundation again. On our team, but there are others involved who are gifted and called and anointed as well. So in that sense, Debbie, uh, there's a lot of good that's been done to draw attention to contemporary apostolic ministry and to recognize that some people really do have this pioneer-building apostolic kind of call, uh, maybe we haven't recognized it. Maybe we've put other names on it. Maybe we've just said so-and-so is a church planter, or so-and-so has planted 30 churches overseas and, over- and, and oversees those churches overseas, uh, and we haven't recognized a certain apostolic anointing on that person's life. And certain apostolic anointing. Okay. I think that's been positive. Uh, the negative is is that... Now, note, he's thought this through. For a non-existent movement that no one's heard of, man, in 2010, he sure did have this well thought out. Everybody becomes an apostle now. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, an apostle now becomes part of your title. Uh, I would, therefore, I'd give you a card saying Apostle Mike Brown or something like that. And, and I think that that has really diminished and demeaned what the calling of apostle is. I know some people think that apostolic ministry is, is almost like a business proposition that you, and I'm not accusing Peter Wagner of this, but that you acquire ministries and they come under you and now you become the big apostle. You, you note here, he's describing not a criticism from outside of the movement. That's a criticism from his own personal experience from within the charismatic movement. Notice what he just said there. Uh, I, I find that to be very erroneous, and I find that many times we get away from the scriptural emphasis that it seems, the way Paul wrote, that, that we apostles, he said, are, are at, the, at the end, we're treated like the scum of the earth. We, we, we are suffering more than anybody's suffering. So to, to be truly apostolic without having a real measure of suffering, I don't mean cancer or car wrecks, but I mean suffering persecution, opposition for Jesus, I don't believe you can be apostolic in a New Testament sense without that. Um, there's an emphasis today. People speak of marketplace apostles. and no, Watch what he just said there. Okay. Boy, he, he knows a lot about the NAR in at least 2010. A ton. I mean, he, he even knows about, quote, unquote, marketplace apostles. 
Do you know who introduced the charismatic movement to marketplace apostles? Yeah, that would be C. Peter Wagner when you read his books about the new apostolic reformation and modern-day apostles. One of the things he says is that God is raising up, quote-unquote, marketplace apostles. So back in 2010, man, boy, Michael Brown, he was quite the expert on the NAR. And he could even identify some of the nuances of the teachings that were being put out there regarding all of these different types of prophets and apostles, including marketplace apostles. Um, There's an emphasis today, people speak of marketplace apostles and apostles and this and this and this, meaning there are people who have this type of calling and anointing who are in the business world. I understand the concept, I appreciate it, but I don't see that as a primary New Testament use of the word. So I think there's some... So notice he even has a biblical critique of the concept of marketplace apostle, which C. Peter Wagner is the one who brought this in. Uh, Aspects that are legitimate and biblical, and I think there are other aspects which are certainly a cause for concern, especially when everybody somehow becomes an apostle, and this one just gets appointed as the chief apostle. I, I, I see no edifying, helpful, fruitful... Uh, endeavors coming out of that aspect of things. Okay. All right. So there you go. I mean, so that's Michael Brown, June 4th, 2010. June 4th, 2010. He was, he, he had criticisms. He had praise and criticism for the new apostolic reformation Uh, concerns and even a biblical critique of the movement itself. Fast forward to the year 2017. Let me play this again. Listen to Michael Brown from just a few weeks ago on the Naked Bible podcast. Yeah, sure thing. And it's great great to have this time to talk. When I was a boy, uh, we traveled across the country as a family, my sister and I, my mom and dad. And I remember we were in Texas, and my dad ordered a New York cut steak. And I remember he said, I've lived in New York all my life. And I've never seen a New York cut steak. In other words, in Texas, they thought there was such a thing. But as a lifetime New Yorker, he never heard of it. So commonly, when people attack me about the the, the NAR or whatever, and and charismatic Pentecostal circles, which I've been in for the better part of the last 46 years, no one's heard of it. No one knows what in the world you're talking about. So this idea that there is this thing that's that's controlling all these churches, a DVD just came out and said they have – oversight over 300 million people worldwide. That's a complete myth. That's basically like the Nephilim or the Illuminati, and and they rule everything, and Michael Heiser is the honorary president of the whole thing. (laughs) It's weird because, I mean, in 2010, he was openly talking about all of these apostles who are basically having charismatics come under their apostolic umbrella and things like that. And yet today it's the, uh, the thing of myth and the Illuminati. Hmm. I mean, no, no, I'm I'm a Jesuit. Get it right. Oh, Mike. sorry, sorry. Okay. Now, I mean, I get called everything day and night. I am, by the way, an apostle and a leader in the NAR. And then my great sin is that I deny it. On top of it. <laughs> so, and anyway, as uh, let me say a few things. Number one, uh, the charismatic movement spreading around the world is the greatest uh, harvest of souls in the history of of uh, the church in terms of numbers of people coming to faith around the world. Many church historians, missiologists will attest to that. Number two, there are lots of abuses, lots of errors, 
especially as it spread very rapidly. And if you're in, say, a, a kind of a Baptist tradition, Presbyterian churches, a lot of the abuses will be spiritual deadness, spiritual coldness. A lot of the abuses in the charismatic side will be loud, outward spiritual abuses. So those exist. I can tell you what I've written to address abuses about a book I have coming out next year that addresses abuses. I'll gladly tell you about that. But when it comes to, quote, the, the NAR, as I understand this, this is associated with Dr. Peter Wagner. So notice, as it comes to the, quote, NAR. Now, long before I ever heard of Peter Wagner, I concluded based on Scripture that there were small a apostles and prophets that continued to minister based on Ephesians 4, based on 1 Corinthians 12, and that they've been with us through church history, even if we didn't call people by that name. You know, in my mind, a Hudson Taylor would have been an apostolic leader going to plant new territories and a, and a, a spiritual father that gave birth to many other works. And, and there, there are people – I look at a man like Al Mohler, who's a non-charismatic, as being a prophetic voice in the body today. And, and again, he's a, he's a non-charismatic, perhaps even anti in that way. So I believe those things just based on my study of Scripture and the different circles where I traveled spiritually, many people le- believed in those. And then Peter Wagner, who's a fuller prof and very influential, began to write on this. And apparently, because I didn't read a lot of the stuff, pointed to a certain point in time of, of a transformation and and that God was now raising up apostles, etc. So I guess that when people talk about the NAR, they're talking about that specific thing. But the guys that I've been friends with over the years, uh, like Cheon or Lou Engel or Mike Bickle, Cheon is like the the successor of, of C. Peter Wagner. Oh my word! Now you're going to note here. You know what's missing is. An honest, this is, I've read Wagner's books. I've read on the New Apostolic Reformation. I know what he's said and taught. It's, it always comes back to, well, in my experience, I, have, I haven't experienced these things quite the, uh-huh, right. This is all obfuscation. Note the quote-unquote NAR. Yet, that's Michael Brown from a few weeks ago. But the Michael Brown of June of the year 2010 seemed to know more about the NAR than the uh, Michael Brown of today, which is why I think that moving forward, uh, we need to refer to Dr. Michael Brown as the apostle of strategic obfuscation. That is clearly what his role is in the NAR.